0: Man, God is good. I went through three tissue papers this morning just thinking about the goodness of God. Amen. You know, I feel like the Lord's saying this this morning that we all identify with our earthly fathers, but some of us, some of you don't, or some of you partially identify with your heavenly Father because you don't know all the names of God. And you're not going to know all the names of God until all those names become relevant to you. I was reading earlier, I just looked up names of God. And, you know, we, we have our worldly way of thinking and the way that meets our needs, but God, His name is El Shaddai, Lord God Almighty. El Elyon, the Most High God, Adonai, Lord Master, Yahweh, Lord Jehovah, Jehovah Nisi, the Lord is my banner. You know, Jessica had a banner up here, and it's it's symbolic, but you know what? When the Israelites went to war, they had banners saying, God is on our side, you're going to die, amen? And you're, there's no chance for you because God is on our side today, if God was on their side, and if they did what God had told them to do. Uh, Jehovah Ra says, the Lord is my shepherd, Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals, Jehovah Shammah, the Lord is there. Some of you need to just know that, that the Lord is there. Uh, Jehovah uh, Sidkenu, the Lord of righteousness. Jehovah, a lot of words, the Lord who sanctifies you. Elohim, the everlasting God. Elohim, God. Kana, je- uh, jealous God. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. Everybody knows that one, right? Because we want our needs met. Jehovah Shalom, the Lord is peace. Jehovah Sabaoth, the Lord of hosts. And, and you know what? This is just a few of them. But God has a name for every problem that you have, and Satan is the counterfeit of every name of God. He is the he is the fake. God is the real deal. Amen. And today, talking about fathership, you know the the fathership is so important. That we've really got to get a clue as fathers. Because you know what fathers? You are the worship leaders of your home. You know what Sissy struggles? You know some of her struggles is with her fathership. You know what Rachel's you know, problems are that she deals with? is the lack of a father. You know why some of you men can't stand up like Joshua and say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord? You didn't have a father that led you to believe that God is strong enough and courageous enough and can provide for every need that you have. You don't know what you don't know and you need a father to step in and lead you. Amen? Because your kids... Your kids are relying on your fathership and God created fathers so that we could introduce our children to Abba Father. That is why. That is the whole point of God creating mankind is to worship Him so that He can be their God and that we can be His people. And it ticks Satan off and Satan is the stealer. He is the killer and he is the destroyer of God's worship. Satan, For how many of you remember that we did the sermon, And because I, I was going to talk about it today, but Satan was an archangel. He was the lead worshiper in heaven. And it talks about it in the, in the Old Testament, in the New, and it says that, that he wanted to be worshipped like God. And ever since he, and immediately when his heart turned to that, he got cast out of heaven. He, hit the, he, hit, he came down to the earth, and ever since then he has been trying to steal the worship of God. The Bible says he is the angel of light. He wants you to think he's the real deal, but he's not. I want you to go this morning to John chapter 8. You know, when I went to Fletcher Emmanuel Baptist Church and then not Baptist Church, when they got kicked out of the Baptist, when I was probably five years old, and off and on as we traveled back to and fro, but it's amazing at 43 years old, I can see some of the elderly lady women that I have not seen in 35 plus years walk up and say, You must be Donnie West boy. And I always say, Yes, ma'am, that's my dad. And then I wonder, is it because I look like him? Because I talk like him? And if I look like him, is, was it in his good looking years or his, which year, you know? You're still pretty. You're still pretty. I mean, was it at his best-looking years, you know? Not his good-looking, but his best-looking. You know what I mean? You start asking that. Why in the heck do you think I'm Donnie Westson? You know, Jeremiah, he's, he's got the five-finger forehead consciousness, you know, because he's got a big forehead like, like I do and like Dad does. You know, it's just, that's part of our DNA. What the heck are you going to do about it? And it's, it's amazing to look at our kids, how they look like us sometimes. That when I, I have kids when I was a little boy. I looked like Jeremiah's twin. And to me, when I look at Cammy in certain ways, I see Jeremiah. Sometimes I see Christy. She's got those pitbull jo- pit bull jaws like Christy. You know, it's like she just you know, she just got a flat chin and big old cheeks, you know, and I just and like and I did when she came home from camp, I just licked on her like sassy all over the face. <laughs> but but have, I want I want you to get to go to John eight, chapter thirty one. And I want to read something or chapter verse thirty, yeah, thirty one. John chapter 8, verse 31. It says, So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, If you abide in my word and truly are my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. How many of you know that our Father wants us to be free? They answered him, We are offspring of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone. You don't know what you don't know. These people were slaves to sin. They were slaves to the law. Jesus had come to set them free. He was prophesied about in the Old Testament. He was standing right there in the front of them, and they didn't even have a clue. He says, how is it that you say we will become free? Jesus answered them, truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever, but the son remains forever. So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I know that you are offspring of Abraham, yet you seek to kill me because my words find no place in you. I speak of what I have seen with my father, and you do what you have heard from your father. What did he just say? We've got two different daddies. And it gets worse. He just insinuated that my daddy and your daddy are two different daddies. We are not of the same stock. We are not of the same ancestry. They answered him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said to them, if you were Abraham's children, you would be doing the works Abraham did. If he was your daddy, you would be acting like your daddy. But now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. This is not what Abraham did. What did Abraham do? He held to the truth of God. Not just for a moment, not for a day, but for years until what? Until the promise came true. And the promise was that you're going to have an, you're going to have an offspring, and through your offspring is going to be uh, many more offspring, and through, the, through your lineage will come Christ. He says, you are doing the works your father did. And he did it again. Your daddy is different than mine. And so they say this in verse uh, 41. We were not born of sexual immorality. We have one father, even God. He says, we're not not bastard children. We're not born out of, of, of wedlock. God is our father. And Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me, for I came from God and I am here. I came not of my own accord, but he sent me through obedience. Jesus came. He says, why do you not understand what I say? It is because you cannot bear to hear my word. And then verse 44, he makes it plain. You are of your father, the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning. are not of God. God, that was such an insult. But what what else was it? It was the truth. These religious Pharisees and Sadducees were looking at Jesus and Jesus says, "You cannot understand me or receive me because you're not of God yourself. He is not your father." But what I want you to see here is this you look at your earthly father as the reason and the why of everything that you do and everything that you say and everything that you act and you put blame on him but the reality of it is you're 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 of one of two fathers. You're of two you're of one of two fathers ultimately. There's only two. There's the Father of this world, and then there's the Father of the Kingdom of Heaven, Abba Father. There's the there's the there's Lucifer, Satan, Beelzebub, the Father, the, the Prince of the Power of the Air, the ruler of this darkness that we find ourselves surrounded in. But then there is Jehovah Jireh, my Provider, my Father. His grace is sufficient for me. He is the ruler of the Kingdom. Amen that I am a part of as His child. I love the Scriptures that say, I am no longer a foreign or alien or a, or, a, or, a, or an orphan, but now I am a son of the Most High God. Amen? And if you're, a, if you're a woman, you're the daughter of the Most High God. But here's the thing. They both have names. And I just read some of the names of God, and then, then he, here He just goes to, mentioning Satan, and one of his names is he is the father of lies. The father of lies. Satan has come to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus has come that we may have life and have it to the full. Amen? Satan has come to destroy, to to destroy you, to tear you down. To mislead you, to misguide you, to destroy to destroy your worship, to destroy your walk with the Lord, but Jesus came that you may have life and have it to the full. And here's the thing. First off, if 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 your father ain't, ain't Abba Father, today is a fine day to be adopted and engrafted into the family of God, into the kingdom of his fellowship, amen? Today would be a great day to do that because you can spend the rest of your life trying to reprogram your DNA, trying to manually change yourself, trying to religiously transform your your personality, but you will not do it outside of being born again. Outside of being born again. That's the only hope that we have for change. Romans 8.14 says, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. Are you a son of God? That's the first question. Are you a son of God? Because as fathers, our only hope for good fathering is to know our our, our heavenly Father. That's the only way. That's your only hope. Because all that crap that's in you that that you've passed to your kids, the iniquities and the sin, the only hope for you and the only hope for them is that they come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. You know, my dad had a drunk for a father that beat on my grandmother and they, they lived a crazy life. But you know what, he, 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 he first off decided this isn't the way we're going to live. But you know what, he got saved and God gave him a new heart. My, he, he was on the path to becoming, or he was a drunkard. He was, he was all the things that his father was. But you know what, Jesus set him free. And we are so afraid of what our earthly fathers have done to us that we cannot accept what our heavenly Father has done for us. And we need to get to know him and we need to begin to walk with him and we need to begin to worship him and we need to begin to recognize the father of lies so that when he opens his mouth like a false roaring lion that we can turn to the lion of Judah and we can listen to what he has to say and we can walk through the valleys, we can cross the mountains, we can go down the mountains, we can go up the mountains, we can do whatever we need to do wherever we are because we know the names of our God, amen? And as a father, look the Bible, he created Adam. He, he created man to be the leader of his household. And all through the Old Testament, the, the, the daddy, the father, was accountable, not just for himself, but for his whole family, his whole family. We see men like Joshua, we see men like David, and we see these guys being the example that they need to be. We see David, the father, was the worshiper. He had the heart of God. God says, this man's got my attention, and he, he, he dances before the altar as he brings God's presence into the kingdom because he knows, man, my family is crazy, and the only hope for my family is the presence of God because I am a fallible human being. All the good in me ain't good enough compared to what God can do in our life. He was their spiritual example. You know, Joshua 24, 14 through 15 says, Now therefore fear the Lord and serve Him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the gods that your fathers served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. And if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve. Choose this day whom you will serve. You, not me, not William, but all of us. Choose this day and whom you will serve. Make a decision, amen? And don't make one that's based on the father of lies. Make one based on the truth of the Word of God that will prevail in any and all circumstances. But he says this, and if it's evil in your eyes, he says, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your father served in the region beyond the river. In other words, you're going to serve the the gods that your earthly father served, or are you going to serve Abba Father? He says, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me, this is Joshua. This is the closing chapter of Joshua. He says, this is what I'm going to do. For me and my house, we will serve the Lord. As for me and my house, we, we, not just me, but me and my wife and my daughters and my sons and anybody that lives with me and anybody that's in my realm of responsibility, we will serve the Lord. And if you look at verse 14, he says, Fear the Lord, serve Him in sincerity and in faithfulness. And today, if you want to be a father that leads godly children, if, there's an if here, there is, a, there, is a, there is a condition based upon your response. I put it on Facebook. If your child succeeds in their spiritual maturity, will it be your fault? Because here's the deal. You may drop the ball. Hopefully, somebody else will pick it up for you and lead your children to the kingdom of glory. But you know what? Don't bet on that. You are responsible for your family. You are the man of the hour. Just like Esther had a time such as this, you have a time such as this. We don't have an infinite amount of time. We don't have an unlimited amount of time. We have a lifetime to serve the Lord for us and our house to choose Him and to serve Him faithfully. But the first thing Joshua commands him to do or tells him to do is fear the Lord. Psalms 128, one through four. Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord. Who walks in his ways, you shall eat the fruit of the labor of your hands. You shall be blessed and it shall be well with you. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Your children will be like olive shoots around your table. Behold, thus shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord." Do you fear the Lord? And what that means is do you hold him to the highest plateau in your life? Do you hold his word higher than those of all that are around you? The biggest problem with fathers today is that we fear man more than we do Jehovah God. And that's why we work crappy jobs because we're afraid to trust in God. We allow man to beat us down on our knees. The only thing that should put a man on his knees is the presence of God. Not another man. Not another tyrant, but only the presence of God. But until the presence of God comes, we will live under the tyrant of other men. Until we seek Him out, until we get desperate to say, I am sick of this crud. I want God in my life. And God is good enough because He is a perfect Father to allow us to go through times in our life so that we turn and cry out and say, God, I need you. I need you. And you know what? The less hard-headed you are, the better off you are. And that comes from a hard-headed son of a gun. Fear the Lord. Fear the Lord. Don't let man allow you to forsake your day of worship once a week because you're afraid you won't eat. God says that man don't pay you I do. I meet your needs. Remember, that's my other name, Jehovah Jireh, your provider. But see, what happens is we, we take the names of God and we, we try to delegate them out to other people, things, mess, and stuff, and we begin to worship them, and those things are never going to meet our needs like our Father can. Number th- two thing he said was serve the Lord sincerely. 1 Timothy 1.5 says the aim of our charge is love that issues from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. We're not here to fake anything, okay? We need to be, if you're not, if you're not worshiping the Lord, serving the Lord, coming to church, doing what He's asked us to because you want to, then you need to, you need to say, God, show me what I need to do to get the heart that I need to do. Don't become, like Paul says, worthless and just noisy gongs and, t- and cymbals and brass, but be a man that serves God because it's in your heart to do, because you are so convinced down within the depths of your soul that there is no other way. And put yourself in a position to succeed with God. God on your side so that you'll know what it tastes like, so that you won't settle for any other kind of ice cream that they have in the land. How many of you hated it when bluebell was gone? And you ate other ice cream and you're like, man, this stuff is cruddy, but I'm a pig and I'm going to eat it because it's ice cream. But I remember when these guys came over here and they had bluebell. Dude, hey, God has changed my heart so much that I even thought about the rest of my family. I thought I'm gonna buy them some bluebell too, and I bought the man out of bluebell. And I said, "Everybody, come to my house because I've got bluebell because nothing else tastes the same." You know what? When God shows up and whips the enemy's tail, when God shows up and meets your needs, when God shows up and gives you direction, when you can't see front to back, you know nothing ever going to taste like this. You know it. And you won't settle for anything else. But you know, we, as a people, are to communicate to one another and to bear witness to one another and we shouldn't let each other settle for nothing. You know, we took time in a worship service to minister to Sissy because Sissy was crazy enough to say, hey, this is the way I feel and you know what, that's unacceptable. We shouldn't feel acceptable. We shouldn't accept the way that each one of us feels. We should be giving testament to what God's doing in our life, not what he's not doing. We need to help each other become grateful. We need to be there for one another. And serve one another. And then number three, serve the Lord faithfully. That is such a misconstrued, misunderstood word. What does it mean to be faithful to your wife? To not cheat on her. We could pretty much make a list of all the things that would be considered cheating, right? Some of us are Bill Clinton Christians. We think, well, I didn't do it, I, I didn't do it all the way. That must have been the Holy Spirit. I didn't plan on saying that. You hear what I'm saying? We justify our faithlessness. We justify why. We justify the reasons. We make reasons for why God is not working in our lives. You know why God's not working in your life? Because you're not working with God. It's pretty much that simple. You know what, maybe it's a timing issue, but you know what, if, if he ain't worked yet, then you need to be saying, I'm praying until God works. I'm trusting and I'm waiting. And we need to help each other get to that point where God's going to come because something's going to happen. But 2 Timothy 2 says, And what have you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Who is God looking for in His church? Faithful men to teach and, you know, who, who, is your, who is your first, number one teaching platform? Your family. Your family. Your family. I had a guy one time come in our church. Man, he was, man, he was busting chops and griping and complaining and, and saying, this is the way it is. That's the way it is, going to people and talk, telling them their business. And, and all I had to tell him was this. I said, hey, you, maybe you need to lead your family first before you go around correcting everybody else. I ain't seen him since. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. you know, it's, it's so nice when the Holy Spirit reveals people's hearts so that you don't have to waste time fighting with them anymore. God is good all the time. We just need to be in God's goodness all the time. But serve the Lord faithfully. Faithfully. So he says here, fear the Lord first above all things, above all men, above all money, above all fame, above all fortune. He says, and love the Lord sincerely. You can't fake it. God knows where your heart is. Some of us do not encounter the presence of God because there is no sincerity in our hearts. And we need to be faithful to what God has called us to do. We need to be faithful. This is your Church that God has called us to be a part of to build His kingdom to raise a generation underneath us to be hopefully like us as we imitate our Father God Proverbs 27 it says the righteous who walks in His integrity blessed are His children after Him you know what that means? you have integrity You do what you say. You don't fake it insincerely. come to church on Sunday and then go home and act like a blibbering fool of the world. But your kids say, you know what? That guy's legit. This guy has integrity. You know, that guy right there, he taught me this. I've been afraid many times. And he'd say, let me tell you something, son. When you're standing on truth, you're just like David. You can kill anything that approaches it. Anything. Anything. Truth wins every time. Every time. You guys need to learn to walk in the truth of God. Quit being cowards and be fearless. And, and this isn't just spiritually. It's, it's in life in general. Because what goes on spiritually manifests itself physically in our lives. But your kids are watching you. What you do. What you say. what you how do you, Do you believe what the Word of God says? And you know what? That is the impression that you're making on them. You know, what I've learned is is integrity. Integrity doesn't mean that you are flawless. It means that you are true to when you do fall, you'll say, hey, this was my bad. Forgive me. You know, he's come to me and he's taught me that. I do that with my girls. When I fail them, I go to them and say, hey, I'm sorry. This is my bad. Forgive daddy. And don't hold this against Jehovah God because this ain't the way he rolls. This is your daddy acting like the father of the world. Because you know what? Even though we may have transformed into a new daddy, we still have a flesh that operates like the old daddy. And you know what he need, You need to kill him. Whether you shank him, whether you shoot him, whether you, you waterboard him to death, whatever you gotta do, you gotta put the old man down, Paul says daily. Daily. He, he, he says daily because he's gonna show back up on the turf and he's gonna Why? Because This is what Satan does. He came up to Eve and says, Is that what God really said? Does God really provide for your needs or do you just need to go like sell your soul to some rich dude? Is God really going to take care of you? Is God really faithful to you? But our integrity, we need to follow through with what we believe. First of all, we need to come to grips. What do we believe? We're the worship leaders of our family. We're the spiritual examples of our family. If you want your kids to grow up worshiping God and serving God and fearing God and being sincere in their heart with God because he has all the names that we need. We don't want any of the names of Satan because Satan doesn't have any good names. He's a liar, he's a killer, he's a stealer, he's a destroyer. Is that what we want for our kids? Heck, I don't want that for me. But our kids need to see us being the fatherly example of our father, God. Amen. Amen. Psalms 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? He's asking because he don't know. If David was not a man of boldness, who the heck was? David would throw down with you in a heartbeat if you offended his God. Amen. David would cut your head off if he felt like it was the thing to do. He, I mean, he didn't even stop to pray about it. Okay, Lord, should Why I cut this guy? He'd <laughs> it. God? It was like Jim Belushi, you know, on Saturday Night Live with a with ninja sword. <laughs> Making sandwiches. But the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evildoers are so you know what? I'm really speaking to fear today because there's so many people afraid today because they don't have the faith, and we be, and we murmur about the way things were when God says, or in in Ecclesiastes, that's an unwise thing to do. Think about what God has done for you, what He's doing, and what He's gonna do. Verse 2, when evildoers assail me to eat up my flesh, my adversaries and foes, it is they who stumble and fall. Though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war arises against me, yet I will be confident. One thing I asked of the Lord that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. That means I'm in here gazing upon his beauty and I am inquiring, God, what shall I do? When shall I do it? Where shall I go? Lord, what say you? Because you have a name for all the needs that I have and I ain't got nothing to be afraid of in this world. And even the things that we think about to come in the near future in the United States... I want God on my side. I want God on my side because I don't know what the heck's going to (laughs) happen. We need to rise up as godly men in the church and get solid. And you know how you get solid? You go through things, you go through mess, you go through stuff, and you walk in faith and you trust in the Lord through all those things. For he will hide me in the shelter in the day of trouble, he will conceal me under the cover of his tent. His worshiping tent, where worshiping is going on with His people. It says, he will lift me high up on a rock and now my head shall be lifted up above all my enemies. It says, I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing and make melody to the Lord. See, David's worshiping God because he knows if I worship God he will be here. If he's here, I'm protected, I'm taken care of, my needs are going to be met. Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud, be gracious to me and answer me. You have said, seek my face. My heart says to you, your face, Lord, do I seek. not your face from me. Turn not away your servant away in anger. Oh you who have been my help cast me not off, forsake me not. Oh God of my salvation for my father and my mother have forsaken me but the Lord will take me in. Amen. Hot diggity dog. Wow. I've read some encouraging stuff from the mouth of ...of God written on paper to you today? And what say you? What is your choice today? You know, we've done it before. We've we've done this scripture... And, uh, you know, and, and everybody got up and hold hands and sang kumbaya and saying, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. But you know what? It's got to be more than a song. It's got to be more than a chant. It's got to be a lifestyle of expectancy to walk in the truth of God. It's got to be a lifestyle that when Satan rises up, you say, shut your mouth, phony baloney. I'm going to listen to the word of God. Amen? Let me, you know, what is the Lord's, what is the spirit of the Lord saying to you guys today? Don't show of hands. How many of you are sick of being coward sissies, of being afraid of anything and everything, afraid of your wives, your ex-wives, your your kids, your ex-kids, your your parents, your ex-parents, I mean, whatever it may be, your bosses, life, you're afraid to get out of bed in the morning, Satan robs your joy, Satan robs your seal, Satan robs your courage because you're not walking in the faith that God has provided for us. How many of you are living like that and you're sick of it? How many of you say today that I want to be like Joshua, I want to be like David, I want to be a a sword-bearing, head-hacking dude that destroys the enemy, that does not let the enemy come into my house? Does not, listen, does not let the enemy come into my house does not let the enemy come into my house. This is my that's what Joshua said. He says, "This is my house, devil. This is my house. You're not invited." You might be able to go to his house and you might be able to go to his house and you know what? They ain't invited to my house either because wherever they go comes the devil. You are not invited in my house. You are not invited in my church. You are not invited in my family. You are not invited in my country. You aren't invited inside of nothing that I possess. Mm. What is the Holy Spirit saying to you today? You know... Yesterday was a terrible, crappy day. My attitude was destroyed. I just felt just hammered by Satan. And I know God wants to do a great thing in this church right now. We're, on the, we're like on the tipping point of flipping over into a new catalyst moment of God, just moving in great ways. And, and so, you know, Olin comes, he speaks a good word, you know. and You know, you know Satan, you know, the, the parable of the sower, when a, when a seed is sown, you know, Satan is there to try to snatch it. Even, and this, this applies even after you're a Christian you hear the word of God Satan wants to take that seed right there before it comes to fruit in your life and so I'm sitting there and, and man I'm sitting there Cammie gets sick starts throwing up last night at 1230 I'm waking up every hour on the hour I'm, I'm not just I'm getting up walking around the house and I lay down in bed and I said God you've got to do something I said, because Satan has assaulted me. I have no word for tomorrow. I'm like, I'm, I'm beat down. I'm, I'm worried about a bunch of stuff I don't need to worry about. God, please help me. And I woke up at 2.30 and he told me, he says, look, there's only two fathers in the world and one of them you need to be concerned with. And, and, and I woke up with this word in my heart this morning. Amen. So, so what, what, do, what do you want to allow God to do in your life? What do you want God to do in your life? What are you lacking today? What name do you need to call upon today? Daddies, where do you need to become sincere? Where do you need to fear the Lord? Where do you need to become faithful? Where? 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 Ask this question with great concern today. So as everybody stands, and is going to lead us in a song of worship, but whatever the Holy Spirit's put on your heart today, hey, today, I'm not going to ask the ministry team today because I want them to deal with their stuff too, but whatever the Lord's put on your heart today, come. You know, the Lord resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Be humble today. Respond to the word of the Lord.